we're starting a new series called One Another. And you've, you might have seen this on social media where I just put the square brackets, just blank one another. And I'm going to start off with a bit of a weird premise here. And how I'm going to start off is by saying that everybody lies, okay? Myself included, we lie. And what I mean by that is we all know how we want to fill in that or how we should fill in that blank. But is it actually how we fill in that blank in our actions and our choices? Because I know blank one another. My immediate ones love one another. Loves what we're going to be talking about tonight. Because I think it's the basis for all the rest. But if I were to ask, and I'm not going to because I don't want to put you on the spot and then call you a liar. But if I were to ask for some other examples, we'd have all these positive things to say. Serve one another. Care for one another. But oftentimes, I often fill that blank with envy one another, compare myself with one another, uh, judge one another. Like, man, I'm judgmental, and I have to keep asking for forgiveness. And again, we could fill that in, forgive one another. But the premise is everybody lies, and I'm taking this actually from a book that's called Everybody Lies, and it's on the New York Times bestsellers list. And what it is, is this guy, he's a... I don't know, an analytical data researcher, and he was able to get anonymous data from Google, from Facebook, from uh, Pornhub, the biggest online pornography website, and he gathered all of this information because he wanted to see social behavior behind closed doors, behind the computer screen. And what he came to realize is that we're filthy, we're, we're dirty, we're, it, it's, he, he was shocked with how dark the internet and the interweb actually is. But yet when we're in public and when we're with one another, we often portray such wonderful blanks that we're loving to one another, that we, we actually care for one another. But behind the computer screen shows something else. Another thing, uh, social media. I, I think we can all kind of agree that we, we lie to ourselves and we buy into the lies of, that others put. So I actually have some Instagram photos I'm going to show you. Uh, right here. So this is the shot of the Instagram photo that we see online. And then that's the larger picture. Just a messy room, messy bed. That, that's my room right there. Uh, that Not literally, but if I were to post an Instagram post, that would be it. The next picture... This one makes me laugh. Doing some yoga, but her friend's holding her legs. But yet she wants to give this image of, yep, just out in the park doing yoga. The next one, this is also my life. You show some biscuits, and it's like, oh, man, they must have had time this morning to wake up and make these muffins. But yeah, you have a kid screaming. Your kitchen's a mess. You have a playpen in the corner. And then lastly, this one's actually from our church. Uh, the Well Binbrook, Saturday night. We left out all the empty chairs on that side, and everyone's gathered over here, and that's the angle we wanted to take, because that's, that's what we wanted to portray. And it's not that we meant to intentionally lie, but you want to highlight certain things. And I think that's the trap of our culture, is that we, we understand things in our mind. We know things. We know how we want to fill in that blank, that we, that we want to love one another. But when push comes to shove, we really struggle with it. We just show people that fraction of a much larger picture. 
So tonight, the passage I want us to look at comes from John chapter 13, verse 34 to 35. And what this is, John's the fourth gospel. He's, he's a little bit different than the others, Matthew, Mark, Luke. Um, and at this point in John's gospel, it's actually known as the beginning of Jesus' farewell discourse. Because he knows his time's coming. He's about to be betrayed. He's just washed the disciples' feet. Uh, they, they had their last supper together. And he's saying, do this in remembrance of me. Because he knows his time's coming. So if you imagine yourself... And you know your time's coming. You're on your deathbed. You want to instill things to your kids, your grandkids. You're wanting to say, do this to remember me. The, uh, here are some things I want to leave with you. But not just that, though. Is that we also claim to believe that Jesus is the Son of God. So how much more important are these words that he's leaving to his followers? So in John chapter 13, Jesus says... I give you a new command. Love one another just as I have loved you. You are also to, or love one another. Just as I have loved you, you are also to love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Now, the reason I want to start here is because culture tries to tell us what love is. Culture tries to blur the line between liking things and loving things. Again, uh, Instagram, for example. Uh, how many likes did we get today? And you double tap a picture to like someone's and show that you like it. But a heart pops up. A heart's usually what we associate and symbolize with love. And there's this blurred line. And with Facebook now, you can do the long press and actually love photos. And culture tries to tell us what love is. And it, it tries to shape our view of the world, our world view. But if we're saying that we're followers of Jesus, we need to allow scripture and God's word to shape our view of the world. So that's why we're starting with Jesus' words for this one another series that says, I give you a new command, love one another. Now, I don't know if you're like me, but as I'm reading this, I actually, my defenses go up. Because how can you command someone to love? That was my first instinct. I'm telling you a new command, love. Have you ever tried to get your kids to go love their sibling? My kids are Landon and Kinsley, so it's, Landon, go tell your sister you love her. It's like, I love you, and storms off. It just doesn't work. So, so how's Jesus then saying, I'm giving you this command. This is what you have to do. You have to love one another. Well, I think it comes down to a bit of the suckiness of our English language. Because Greek, in the original language that the New Testament was written in, it has four different words for love. In, in English, we, we have like, we might be able to throw in some adore, appreciate, I, I don't know. But in, in, in Greek, he's saying agape. It's this highest level of love. It's this, this love that isn't just based on how Hollywood wants us to, to view love. Like Hollywood wants us to view it like the Nicholas Sparks movie, A Walk to Remember, Safe Haven, The Notebook, where it's this passionate, like gut-wrenching love. And that's, that's eros. That's, that's erotica, erotic love. Or it's not just this chummy, chummy love, like, hey, go be buddies with this person. That's phileo. That's phileo. That's a different type of love. Here, it's an agape. It's this deep appreciation of the other person. It's this high value, this high regard. And, and God is saying, Jesus is saying, 
love one another. And I think the distinguishing point here that Jesus is making is that like is an emotion. Love, agape love, is a decision. I, I stole that line from a pastor, Kerry Newhoff, up in, in Barrie at Connexus Church. But when, when I heard him say that, it, it jumped out to me that that's what I'm trying to, to, that's what God's speaking to me. That this isn't just a love because I feel good about it. This is a love that I have to wake up day after day and choose. Like is an emotion. Love is a decision. So how do we decide to do this? How, how do we actually decide? Because there are some days that, yeah, things aren't going well. I'm not liking my day. I'm having a bad day. Or there's people that just drive you up the wall. I don't know if it's a coworker or a, a spouse or a child or any of those. I'm sure you can fill in many blanks across the spectrum. But I'm just thinking of the coworker who constantly shows up late to work, comes in, and you're kind of always trying to cover for them. Maybe just the way they always click their pen in and out. And you're just like, stop it! It's like, how, how do you choose to love these people? Or I'm, I know it gets worse, where we have a, the abusive relationships, friendships, marriages, um, the child and, and parent relationships. How do we choose love in these moments? Well, this is where I think the key to Jesus' new command is. Because the other thing that I was like, whoa, stop traffic, what's going on here? Is it doesn't seem like a new command. Because Leviticus 19 actually says, love your neighbor as yourself. And when Jesus is called to the task of what's the greatest commandment in the Bible, he says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. So then all of a sudden he's saying, I have a new command for you. Well, the reason he's calling it this new command is he's taking it one step further. It's no longer just love your neighbor as yourself. He's saying, love one another just as I have loved you. And the disciples are sitting around the table at this point, and they don't quite get what's going on. Actually, in this exact passage, there's only 11 disciples with Jesus at the time because Judas has just left to go sell out Jesus, to betray him. Jesus knows that. Jesus has washed Judas's feet. And he tells Judas, go, what you, go do what you need to go do. Do it quickly. And Judas goes off to betray him. And Jesus is sitting here with the 11 disciples. And he's saying, I'm giving you this new command to love one another. To choose love as I have loved you. And as they're all scratching their heads trying to make sense of what it means, they're about to find out as they witness Jesus being crucified on the cross. That he went to the cross for them. And I would just love to know sometimes some more details at the moment that these guys kind of woke up to that realization saying, whoa, Jesus just called me to love one another, to love others to the point of death. He loved us that much? So who is the one another 
in this context, Jesus is specifically talking to his disciples. And he's saying, this is how you're going to know. This is how the world's going to know that you're my followers, is if you love one another. So he's talking specifically to this group of Jesus' followers. So this is one way that by our love for one another in these walls and within the universal church and the churches coming together of our love for one another, unified in Christ, people will see this supernatural love at work. But I don't think it's limited here. Some people, some scholars actually believe this is a bit of a lesser command because he's not including the whole world. But if you know John's gospel, John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, he's all about the world. So yes, we need to love one another, but he's not just saying only go to your Christian barber, only go to the Christian auto mechanic, only go to the Christian dentist. Like, come on, get out of your bubble. Like, let's actually love one another. Let's have each other's backs, yes, but let's, let's follow Jesus' example to seek and to save the lost. And I just have to make one thing since I brought up John 3.16. I need to make this clear. Sometimes we emphasize that so, because again, our English language, it's, we're like, God loved the world so much. Like, it's not, it's not like, it's so much, dude. Like, it's the way it actually it comes out in, in the original language is God loved the world in this way he loved the world in this way what does that mean well he created us genesis 1 and 2 is is he creates everything and he creates us in his image male and female he created us so as that peace and harmony that god desires for the world which we know is sin as sin separates us from god god then chooses to love us just as he's telling us to love one another, he's also choosing to love us. He decided to love us so long ago. And you might be sitting here thinking, yeah, but you don't know half the stories that I'm sitting on right now. God wouldn't like me very much. And I'll agree with you. God might not like those decisions very much, but he still loves you nonetheless. That's this agape love. He... he he loves us as, as our creator so much that he would be willing to come in the flesh to show us who he is and to invite us into a relationship with himself. And I think this is where push comes to shove, is that we also need to be able to accept that love in order to give it. And I wrestle with this because as I was telling my wife, Amanda, about some of my thoughts on my message last night, she said, so can a non-Christian love? I'm like, oh man, you have to throw in some of these hard questions. Like, of course a non-Christian can love. But I don't think that we can truly know the profound depth of this supernatural God-given love until we've received it ourselves. You know what? There's a lot of people who don't know that they're loved. I remember my friend, we were taken off to Bermuda, and he jumped in the car. It was early morning, and he's like, whoa, I just had this weird moment. He's like, my dad was in the hallway, and he's like, I actually thought he was about to tell me he loved me. I'm like, What? Your dad's never told you he's loved you? He's like, oh, no. Like, we just have that understanding. 
And it, it broke my heart in that moment because I'm like, how do you understand that he, that he, he loves you? And, and how do you extend that to others while you're missing that? But what I've realized as I've tried to get myself out of my own Christian bubble and my own upbringing is that we can know what true love is because Christ loved us. We can know what true love is because he first loved us. While we were still sinners, he died for us. That's love. It's not varying on the emotions or whether he likes our decisions or not. He has chosen to love us. So now the question is, are we going to choose to love God? And are we going to choose to love others? Our vision here is making Jesus known, seeing lives change, transforming our community. But then we have the four steps of connect, grow, give, go. And all of these are based in this decision of love. It's deciding to, to love. Like out of our love, we want to connect with God. We want to connect with others. Out of our love, we want to grow deeper in our relationships to God and to one another. Out of our love, we want to give back to the community and give, give back to others, but we also want to give back to what's God's and set our priorities right. And the last one to go is sometimes the hardest one to follow. When God's putting something on your heart, and he's saying, I'm telling you to go. I'm sending you. That's the one I'm most reluctant to do. I'm like, oh man, I don't know if I'm, I'm ready to do that. Sometimes... I think even one trap that I've been convicted of lately is I want to focus so much on the give that what separates me then from just being another community support program? We already have Glanbrook Community Services, which is doing a phenomenal job. But how can we actually extend this supernatural love into the world, into our communities, to reach others with it by choosing, making a decision to love God, to love others. So what I'm going to do is, um, if you guys want to stay at your tables or if you want to merge any tables at all to get more thoughts, I have uh, discussion questions. And I just thought, it's summer, let's change things up a bit here, let's... Um, Let's get your input and work through some of these questions as a table. You don't have to get through all of them. You can sit on one. You can change them up and adapt to them. But um, just take some time to, to try and be as honest as you can be with one another and where God's working in your life right now. Like is an emotion, but love is a decision. So Heavenly Father, God, just as we go into some discussion now, I just pray that uh, we can connect with one another and we do it out of this place of love, this deep appreciation of one another. And God, I just pray that um, you help us move beyond just trying to understand this stuff with our heads so that we know how to fill in these blanks. Oh yeah, of course, love one another. God, help it connect with our heart to transform us and to shape us, not by the world, but by, by your word and by your son, Jesus. God, bless these conversations now, and I just um, ask this all in your name.
Amen.